Hello and welcome to Inscribing Inclusion. I'm your host, Jocelyn Armstrong. I'm glad that you've chosen to tune into this episode. I am excited about the short time that we will spend together. And I hope that you take away something that will be helpful to you as you move through the coming weeks. In this episode, I want to encourage you to think about how you will observe and celebrate Black History Month. So in these United States where I live, February has been denoted as Black History Month, and it is the 28 or 29 days in a leap year when we are supposed to spend time focusing on the contributions that Black folks have made to the world broadly. Last year, if you listened to my Black History Month episode, you know that I focused on organizations and corporations. I encouraged those entities not to be performative in their observation and celebration of Black History Month. So I thought it would be a good idea this year to focus on individuals and how we can honor and celebrate Black folks during Black History Month. So I'm going to offer a few suggestions to you. I hope that you adopt those that resonate most in your life and your lifestyle. And I hope that you will share with me throughout the course of the month, the things that you have learned or the experiences that you have had as a part of Black History Month. I will share the show's email address with you as well as social media handles so you can connect with me and let me and other listeners know how you handled and helped through and grew through Black History Month. With that being said, the first suggestion I have is to spend some time during February supporting Black businesses. This is something that we can and should do year-round because Black business owners have bills year-round just like the rest of us. I happen to have a number of Black businesses or products that are produced by Black creators that I really enjoy using throughout the course of my year. And what I am encouraging you to do this year is that if you are a person who regularly purchases from Black-owned businesses or regularly supports Black-owned businesses, I want you to find a new one. I want you to explore in a space that's different than your usual shopping or the way that you get services from Black-owned businesses. And if you are new to supporting Black-owned businesses, you have such a wide opportunity to engage with these companies. I will say and remind you that Black-owned businesses exist beyond food and personal care, right? I think we tend to think of Black-owned business when we're talking about great restaurants and baked goods and hair products. All those are awesome things because those are things that I do as well. And they are some of my favorite things. But there are also professional services 
that you should consider when you're talking about supporting black owned businesses, right? There's accountants. I have a black accountant who does my tax preparation every year. There's black attorneys, doctors, dentists, therapists. Um, a gentleman that I went to college with, he and one of his children own a car detailing business. There are black owned companies or uh, professionals who do construction and renovation and home design. There's realtors. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And I also encourage you that as you're looking at black owned businesses to support during the month of February, I want you to, and as much as it is possible for you, support a local black owned business. So who is in your immediate area? What businesses or companies are in a 15 mile radius from your home, a 25 mile radius from your home? Consider supporting local black owned businesses as well, because those are folks that you can build relationships with. Those are people that you will be able to see out in the community and you can share their services and their products with other people in your community and you can help them become more established in the space where they live and do business by just supporting them and making it more helpful for them to be there. Now you're probably like, Jocelyn, how do I find these black owned businesses in my neighborhood or across the country? Google is your friend. It is a wonderful, powerful research engine. I will encourage you though, that when you Google black owned businesses, I want you to make sure that you are clear that it is an actual black owned business, at least 51% owned by someone who is black. And you can do that by perusing the website and figuring out who the owners are and that sort of thing. Because what we have also learned about the internet is that sometimes things are tagged in a certain way. Organizations and entities are tagged in a certain way that are not necessarily accurate. So start with your, your happy search engine and do a little more digging for confirmation's sake. Also, you probably have a local chamber of commerce. Um, there are sometimes chambers of commerce that are specifically operated by black folks, women, the LGBTQ plus community, right? So lean into your local chamber of commerce or one of the chambers of commerce that relate to the folks that you are specifically trying to support. And you will find that they have lists of their members and companies that they support and promote. Now, while you're in the middle of shopping um, and finding new services and engaging with new or new to you black owned businesses, I also want you to spend some time learning. I am a nerd. You have probably heard me say that more than once if you've listened to this podcast before. And I just get really excited about learning things that I didn't know before or learning more about a topic that I thought I knew about. And so this is a time of the year when you, again, can focus some of your learning to a specific group of people. I will encourage you to resist the urge to default to Martin Luther King Jr., the good Reverend Doctor just had a birthday, and we all were hopefully watching and reading about his life. Um, so resist the urge to default to MLK and Frederick Douglass and Harriet Tubman or athletes and entertainers. 
I only say that these people are amazing and the information about them is often readily available and they are often quoted or highlighted throughout all sorts of media spaces. There's nothing wrong with you learning more about your favorite athlete or your favorite entertainer who happens to be black, but I want you to consider expanding how you learn about black folks. And this is not just for people who are not black. I'm talking to black folks and other folks as well. So consider your career and hobbies and find black people who are a part of those spaces, who have created those spaces, who have made strides and contributions to those spaces. For instance, I am a black woman attorney. That is my credentialing, my day job, what have you. I'm a black woman attorney. And so when I think about who I want to learn about or learn more about, the list that comes to mind is Barbara Jordan, Bless Barbara Jordan. I must have done like five Barbara Jordan book reports in elementary school. But uh, Barbara Jordan was a lawyer and lawmaker from the state of Texas. There's Constance Baker Motley, who worked with the NAACP. There's Pauli Murray, who was an attorney and um, a, a theologian. There's Anita Hill, who if you were alive at any point in the 90s, you know that Anita Hill was an accomplished attorney. Um, who had a very interesting history based upon the co-workers that she had at the time. And there's Katanji Brown-Jackson, who is the newest um, justice on the United States Supreme Court. So these are all folks that I am figuring out that I want to learn more about because they are connected to my career. In addition to that, I have the opportunity and the pleasure and privilege of living in a city and a state that has a number, not a ton, but a number of black women lawyers who I'm either directly connected to or who I know through other people. And I will not start naming their names in this particular podcast because I don't want to get in trouble for forgetting someone's name. But in as much as I will study the foremothers and those who came before me in this profession, I also want to spend some time this month celebrating and connecting with my contemporaries, those black women who are still practicing law or have recently retired here in my own city, in my own state. Um, I'm even fortunate to have some of these black women attorneys be cousins of mine. They're like, you know, fourth and fifth cousins or whatever, but they're actually relatives of mine. And that is super exciting. And so that means that I will be able to send folks notes or text messages or post the message on LinkedIn just to let them know that I'm proud of what they're doing and how they're contributing to our profession and encouraging them to keep going and doing what brings them joy and the work that makes them happy. And lastly, this gives me an opportunity to spend some time pouring into and encouraging the people who look like me who want to enter the legal profession, right? Law students and other young people who are aspiring to be lawyers. So that's my example of how you can celebrate Black history, both past, present, and future. And I hope that you lean into that. I also happen to have a cousin who is in fashion design. And I know, I know one of her favorite people in the world is Ruth Carter, who has designed all types of costumes and attire for dozens of movies, right? Right. And so that's, again, something thinking about different professions and people that 
our black folks in those professions and how we can highlight and learn more about their achievements. Now, if you're on this search, either through your career path or your hobbies and interests, and you're having trouble finding one black person or three black people that you want to learn more about because it doesn't seem like they're in that space, I want you to consider why. Why is it that if you have a particular hobby or a certain profession, there's no one that looks like you in that space? Then I want you to consider the barriers to entry into some of these professions or what obstacles have been put in place that make certain hobbies and interests um, inaccessible to black folks, right? So that means thinking about sadly things like school segregation or things like financial inequity or proximity to certain places by virtue of just where you have to live. Those are all things that might be barriers to people entering certain professions or enjoying certain hobbies, right? So think about that. If you're if you're struggling to come up with somebody that matches your profession or matches your hobbies and interests that is a black person, think about why, especially if you're digging deep and looking far and wide. The last thing that I want you to consider as you enjoy the month of February and all of its possibility of learning about black people and the impact that they have had on both American society and societies globally. I want you to spend some time reviewing and unpacking your beliefs about and interactions with black people. I'll repeat that. I want you to spend time reviewing and unpacking your beliefs about black folks, as well as reviewing and unpacking your interactions with black people. I want you to think about if you have negative associations. And if you do, why do you have those negative associations with black people, black culture? And once you've figured out what those negative associations are and maybe why you have them, I encourage you to write out, make a list of what you can do and what you will do to deal with correcting those negative assumptions. And then I want you to think about positive associations that you have with black people and why you have those positive associations. What formed those positive beliefs about black folks? And then I want you to list what you can and will do to maintain those positive associations, right? So I'm going to, in addition to sharing the show's email address, I'm going to share a worksheet that'll take you through these three steps and suggestions that I am sharing with you all for the month of February. And the reason I say this worksheet, because I want you to be able to use it for yourself. If that is your, your learning space, right? Writing things down. And I want you to be able to refer to the questions and the ideas that I'm sharing with you. I also would like you to share with other people in your life. So if you have a book club or 
a Bible study or a social club or something, and you all are doing a focus about Black History Month, I would like you to use this tool as a way to help you all process through these quick activities and maybe through some conversations. I will also say that when you're talking about spending time reviewing and unpacking your beliefs about Black people, I want us to be clear that this is an activity that would be helpful to people regardless of their background. Because what I've come to understand about living in society is that sometimes even those of us who are Black people have to examine our assumptions and beliefs about people that air quotes look like us. And we have to figure out why we have those assumptions and where they came from and in what ways the society that's around us have impacted our beliefs and thoughts about our own people. So I want you to think that through, certainly. And with that being said, that's all I have for you for this month, or this episode, rather, as we prep for Black History Month. I'm going to leave you with one last thing and encourage you to jump into your learning. And now it's time for one last thing. I'm sharing two quotes today, and they are from a book entitled The Miseducation of the Negro, written by Carter G. Woodson, who is known as the father of, if you will, Black History Month. So one thing that Mr. Woodson shared with us in his book many, many years ago is that real education means to inspire people to live more abundantly, to learn to begin with life as they find it and make it better. The other quote from that same book states, philosophers have long conceded, however, that every man has two educators, that which is given to him and the other that which he gives himself. Of the two kinds, the latter is by far the more desirable. Indeed, all that is most worthy in man he must work out and conquer for himself. It is that which constitutes our real and best nourishment. What we are merely taught seldom nourishes the mind like that which we teach ourselves.